gather around the lamp and Aston Villa podcast. If at first you don't succeed, come back next year and try again. Aston Villa celebrates the Hello and welcome back to the Gathering the Lamp podcast. I can't even remember what episode it is. I'm going to say 36 off the top of my head. Um, We've got a lot to talk about. It's mainly going to be a transfer speculation kind of episode, but we will be talking about the the, uh, FA Cup game against Fulham. Uh, As always, I'm Regan. You can find me on Twitter at FindFoy. And I'm joined, as always, by Mark. What's going on, guys? Mark Zerebi here. Lovely to be here today to talk with you about the Villa Regan. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about this one because the transfer special stuff, we talked about it on the last podcast briefly. I'm really excited to get into some of the players that have been linked with us and see your opinions on it. And maybe you got a couple players on your mind that I'm not even thinking about. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you've got some players uh, up your sleeve as well. But first, let's get into the, uh, the Fulham game. And obviously, Villa bowed out of the FA Cup with a 2-1 loss to Fulham in a game where Dean Smith kind of admitted that he wasn't really too concerned with the competition. Um, you know, he, he selected a squad that could be described as, as, I guess, heavily rotated. You know, left out the likes of Mings, Jack Grealish, um, and academy prospects Indiana Vasilev, uh, who you'll be very happy about because of the whole USA tie. And uh, and Jacob Ramsey would find themselves on the bench and eventually on the pitch in that game. Yeah, I was really excited to see Vasilev be uh, introduced. I wasn't happy about the squad that that Dino put out there. I kind of had the feeling that uh, just the fact of of the selection that, that he wasn't really very worried about this. We found that out after the game. But yeah, I'm, I was absolutely thrilled for Vasilev and Ramsey. Both got a little bit of pitch time with the senior squad and everything. And maybe that might be a couple players we see get uh, rotated in the squad here. But it might be a bit too early for him. I'm not sure. But yeah, always good to see an American on the pitch, and especially if they're playing for Aston Villa. Absolutely. Um, you know, the f- the first half of the game was a bit a bit lax, I guess, you know. It was boring from both sides. I think the first shot on target um came as the last kick of the half and that was Anwar El Ghazi um forcing Fulham's keeper Joe Rodak into a save. Um I think I'm pretty sure El Ghazi was offside for that regardless. Um but uh, you know, it, it forced him into a save. It was a good way to end the half, um, especially as you know the half was so dab and dreary. Yeah, it wasn't a good uh, forty-five minutes of football by either team. Uh, it, it was almost one of those things where, as I was watching, it got to probably about the twenty or twenty-fifth minute. And I'm like, these either team doesn't seem like they really want to be here today, and they don't seem like they really were up for the game at all. And it was, you know, not. Neither team was really threatening. There was a lot of stuff going on in the middle of the pitch and maybe the middle of the pitch and, and the flanks as well. So I don't know. It was, it was a little bit of a tough watch, but um, I, I felt that there were a couple players for Villa that, that looked like they were, you know, a movement away or, you know, a ball over the top away from breaking loose and, and having, a, having an actual go toward the net. But yeah, it never materialized in that first half. No, but obviously the second half uh, saw Fulham kind of come out with, a, I guess, a, a renewed sense of purpose. Um, and only ten minutes into the half, I guess Fulham Fulham capitalised on on uh, their. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call him a talisman, but he's one of those players that always seems to, you know, do better from thirty to forty yards out than than he would like ten yards out. Um, and that's Anthony Knockart. Uh, you know the one man blazed inside, um, past Nakamba and Taylor, and just uh, it was an absolute worldy of a goal. Um, and the big issue for me was that Nakamba and Taylor just looked like they really wanted no part of stopping Knockart before he took his shot. Um, do you reckon this is because, I guess, they were both given yellows in the first half? Or, or was it just a case of slack defending from Villa? I think it was a little bit of both. I, th- I think when you have a player like Knockhart who's, who's running straight at you, you might get a little bit of the deer in the headlights look about you. I think the yellow cards definitely came in the play. I thought Nakamba could have put his foot down and, and at least made him made Knockhart back off a little bit. But yeah, Taylor was just he just breezed past Taylor. Taylor might as well just been in, been talking to somebody on the sidelines or something like that. He was absolutely absent for this Knockhart goal. But yeah, what a what a goal it was from distance as well. Um, you know, showed that he has the pace, showed that he has the skill to you know shoot one in from downtown, and that that's 
basically what he did. Um, it's never good to see Villa give that up. And I, I saw a couple of opinions flying about that Nyland could have put a hand on it, but I don't think there's. I think he had a better chance of getting his hand on the sun than he did that ball. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it would be fair for anyone to criticise um, um, Nyland for either of Fulham's goals. Obviously, we've only discussed one as of yet but you know neither of them were Nyland's fault at all um, but surprisingly you know Villa Villa would peg Fulham back just nine minutes later um, even though the goal seems relatively undeserved um, Hotter kind of cut cut inside a little bit and lobbed a ball over um, which enabled Jonathan Codger to get past his man and loop a ball that looked like it was headed towards the back of the net and uh, Anwar Al-Ghazi cheekily tapped it home um, and you know the, the scores were level Codger thought he'd got a goal and obviously it was Al-Ghazi's um, but you know both both Hotter and Codger have, have, have had their fair share of criticism I guess um, and it was it was a relatively promising passage of play I think uh, Hotter's passing ability is probably the best thing about his game, but you know, I guess Codger's uh, assist, even though it should have been his goal, um, almost masks the fact that, that it was a really, really poor game for him. Yeah, I, I think I, with Codge, it's so strange, man. Like, I don't, I don't know. Sometimes he, he comes on late in games and seems like he's really up for it, and then sometimes he starts games like we've seen in this, like F, in the FA Cup game against Fulham, where it seems like he's just kind of walking around. And I know that players can't go a hundred percent and be running the entire ninety minutes. It's completely just crazy to think that a player should be able to do that. But like the runs that he's making, he's like putting himself in such an offside position that he's making the rest of his teammates not have an outlet. You can't do that as a striker it doesn't matter if you're playing a championship side like like Fulham in the FA Cup or if you're playing Man City if you're playing you know Crystal Palace or you know teams like that you can't put yourself in un, you know in the compromising positions and leave your teammates hanging and I think that's what Kaj does more than anything else in his game I don't know if it's because he knows he might be off in the next week or so or I don't know if he's just like okay they're gonna look to me now because Wesley's out and you know I, I wasn't getting any game time because of this young player brought in for a bunch of money so I don't know if it's an attitude thing I don't know if it's a work rate thing, but it's just a little disappointing to see him out there. Uh, yeah, and you know the the build up to the goal was nice. I think the the Hada pass was brilliant. I think I agree with you. I think that is the best part of his game when when the bone really hits the marrow. Um, but I think that's one of the only things about his game that, that can help Aston Villa. I don't think he's very good um, as far like physically and stuff like that. But I, I thought it was a positive passage of play. I, I just think that you know I think. Kaj, the way that the shot came in and it like dinked over, I just think it was a little bit lucky. He just found himself with a really nice pass from Hada. Yeah, I think it is an attitude problem for for Kodger, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to like tar him with with the wrong kind of brush. But you know, from what we have seen of 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 Kodger, um in his in his time at the club, uh, there always has seemed to be some kind of like issues with his attitude and and the way that he. Um, I guess presents himself on the pitch. You know, the first season, uh, I think he scored what seventeen goals, eighteen goals, maybe even nineteen. Um, and he looked, you know, the the forward that we needed. Um, and then, you know, he had his ankle break, uh, and then another injury, and he's never quite seemed the same since. And it, you know, I, I can't necessarily blame him for having, a, I guess, a negative attitude, because. You know the opportunity was there for him uh, last season before Tammy came in, and then Tammy came in and kept him at the side. You know he st- he still scored nine goals, I think, or twelve goals. I can't remember the exact number, but um, you know I can't necessarily blame him for his attitude because he had the opportunity last season and they decided to get Tammy in. He's had the opportunity this season. You know Dean Smith picked him up um, in the summer, saying you know I think his game is better suited for the Premier League and then has barely used him and has opted for Wesley, you know, nine nine 9.99% of the time. Um, so, I, as I've said, I, I can't really blame Codger for his lack of want in a game. Um, but obviously, as a fan, you, you're not going to want to see that. 
I think it's difficult for him all around because, like, you're taking a backseat to Tammy Abraham last season, and now you're taking – I mean, he has taken a backseat to Wesley before his gruesome knee injury. Um, but then, like, it, during preseason, like, they were trailing Kaja off on the right, and sometimes they would, like, make him, like, cut inside, and I don't know if that was through instruction or if that was him just trying to get back to where he's most familiar on the pitch. But, I, I mean, I'd probably be a little upset too. But, I mean, professionalism has to show through in situations like this. I'd like to see just a little bit more from him. Again, I feel his work rate is a little shocking. Maybe he isn't Premier League quality, and that's okay. because I still I, I still identify that he was very meaningful for Aston Villa in the championship. Um, I just I'm not sure that he was ready for that step up, and I think it might have been a little bit immature for Dean Smith to allude to the fact that he may have been Premier League quality and then you know knowing that we're going to have Wesley and that's going to be the guy who gets to start all the time so yeah I don't know I even with the injury crisis now of Wesley being out I still think Kodge goes but I mean we'll get on to that in a little bit when we're talking about the transfers yeah I mean you know if if we bring in two forwards um, you know, it's likely that Kodja might go. Um, if we only bring in one, then obviously Kodja's going to have to stay until his contract runs out. Um, but let's get back into into the actual happenings in the game. And uh, Harry Arter, who happens to be uh, Scott Parker's uh, brother-in-law, I think, um, was introduced by Parker, the, the Fulham manager, in the sev- uh, 72nd minute. And, you know, he he made his mark only two minutes after coming on. You know, he found the ball at his feet, took a slight touch and buried it in the uh, in the top right corner, past, uh, sorry, Nyland's top right corner, past the keeper. You know, it was a long way out. Um, there was nothing really the defence could do, perhaps close him down a bit quicker. Um uh, there's nothing Nyland could do, and with with those shots, you know, uh, six out of ten times they're not going in. You know, the keeper's going to save him, or they're going to go and hit the bar, or they're going to go over the po- uh, over the po- uh, bar, or wide of the post, or you know, uh, it's just you know Villa's luck that it flew into the top corner. Um, it, you know, it did come from a long way, but you know Arthur did have perhaps more time at the ball than he should have been allowed. Yeah, and that was the question I was seeing on social media after this goal happens is why does Villa have a problem closing down players? And I, I think that it's a systemic thing more than it is, you know, just the in, individual um, patterns of a player's game. Um, I I probably wouldn't expect an Aston Villa player to rush up to Harry Arter just getting onto the field and, and pressure him in that situation. But, you know, good on Arter. He took just one little touch. I mean, he received the ball at his feet, one little touch, and just slammed it home. Um, that's, not, like you said, it's not going to happen all the time. So I think it's a little unfair for people to make the things of like, oh, why didn't, you know, Nakamba, you know, rush out and close him down? Or why didn't any one of the, you know, defenders, you know, go to try and close him down? Like, it's a long way out. And even Dean Smith, after the game, and, and, and his little interview he does um he even said that like he'll never score a goal like that again and he probably won't to be honest he, he probably won't he's probably still have you know artists probably still having a couple beers thinking about how great that goal was it's probably gonna be something he thinks about for a long time and it's no knock on him he should it's it's a really nice goal but at the same point in time like you aren't expecting a player like harry Arter to make that 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 kind of strike you just you're not expecting it so closing them down really probably wasn't the the biggest priority at the time but again you know Villa giving up two world-class goals in an FA Cup game it's it's unfortunate but again it's it's one of those things that Fulham just came out in the second half and looked like they they wanted to get the game back to where they wanted to and they did a pretty good job of that yeah and you know after after this point you know it it was then that Dean Smith decided it was time to make make changes and you know I, I can't knock him for the, the the times that he made his changes I think uh, it was it was the the right thing to do I don't think there necessarily needed to be a change at one all um, you know he brought on Trezeguet for Hotter um, and then the American youngster Indiana Vasilev. Um, who, who I believe, as as we're recording, has scored a brace within you know a, a very short period of time in the under twenty three game tonight. Um, Vasilev then replaced uh, marvelous Nakamba, and that, and that was his senior debut. You know, it was a big moment for the for the young American. You know, he looked lively with the short amount of time he was on the pitch, but he didn't really get get much of the ball. Um, and then obviously Jacob Ramsey. Uh, was also introduced very late into the game, and the only thing that of note that involved Ramsey was um, a kind of harsh challenge from Knockhart that saw Knockhart uh, pick up a yellow. Uh, do you feel like do you feel like Vasilev and, and and Ramsey could possibly break into the the Villa team in the near future, or 
is it going to be a case of the you know the thing that we've been putting up for year with for years of you know learning about young players and then you know they they disappear into League Two and never seen again. I mean, I'm I'm gonna come right out the gate and just tell everyone that's listening, and I'm I'm gonna be like this for a while. If you follow me on Twitter, uh, all, all you know, different socials and stuff like that, I'm going to be incredibly biased when it comes to Indiana Vasilev. Um, I I really like him and rate him as a player. Uh, he scores goals. He's passionate. He has some heart to him. Um, he's not afraid to put a tackle in either. Uh, so it's something I just really like about it. It is the fact that he's American. It is the fact that I, he plays for Aston Villa, which is one of the loves of my life. So of course I want Indiana Vasilev to be on a fast track to be in this in the starting team. As Regan just said, he's got a brace right now. I think it was nine or ten minutes into the under twenty three game against Sunderland. Now Sunderland's under twenty three team is not very good at all. But I do like that uh, Vasilev got to start in this game, and then the next game he plays for the under-23s. He's already out there and, and showing what he can do. Um, I'm not going to go as far as to say that Villa don't need to do anything as far as bringing in a striker, and they should just you know promote Vasilev full-time to the senior squad or anything like that. But I think he could have a part to play, um, maybe even coming off of the bench. But again, it all depends, as a lot of things do right now, on what Villa are going to do in January. Uh, as far as Jacob Ramsey goes, I really like him as a player as well I just think that his he's going to be loaned out I, I don't think this season he probably hangs around the club but I think maybe next season he does get loaned out to get maybe some more minutes in a league one or a league two possibly even maybe a, a lower level championship team but they're two very very good prospects for Aston Villa and we haven't had a lot of those recently uh, maybe some one or two but then as soon as you think that they're going to get called up they get released and end up going on the play for another team and looking like stars for the future so as you can tell I'm a little bit downtrodden about how that's all gone but in the case of Vasilev and Ramsey I I think we've got two very very talented young players who might be able to do a job for Villa in the coming years yeah and obviously it depends on the league that we're in you know um, if we were to be relegated they're more likely to 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 come through the ranks Um, obviously you know that I can't remember what the odds are I think is it is it like one in one in a hundred make it in you know the Premier League from from youth level, um, or like one, in, I, I don't know if it's quite one in a hundred. It might be a bit less, uh, so don't quote me on that. But you know the odds of both of them making it at, v- at Villa are, are relatively low, I guess. Uh, but I really do hope that they both do so because they're they're both big prospects and they're both bright prospects. Uh, you know after the game, Dean Smith admitted that he wasn't really that concerned with the FA Cup. And pointed towards his his team selection to solidify the fact, um, and you know it's not a priority, is it? Getting getting into the you know latter stages of the FA Cup isn't a priority. Staying in the Premier League is, um, but then it brings us on to the Carabao Cup, which is Wednesday. Uh, Carabao Cup semi final against Leicester. Do you, do you think that's a priority? You know we're we're a game well sorry two games away from Wembley. Um, and a cup final in our first season back in the Premier League. Do you think you know we we need to put a full strong, a full strong eleven out, or or maybe not? I I know it's going to be unpopular, and there's going to be a lot of diehard Villa supporters that don't like this. But I don't think there's a prayer that Dean Smith takes the semi final. Carabao Cup seriously either and not saying it doesn't take it seriously that's that was the wrong choice of words but it's just not the priority man you need with the injuries that we have right now you can't be risking any other players um he might have a go of it in the first leg just to see what happens but if we go you know if the second leg comes around and we're, we're down two or three nil that that second leg it's going to be looking almost a carbon copy um to the team that we saw against Fulham it, it, it's just just my opinion I, I don't know really what Dean Smith's going to do I just have an inkling that with the comments he made after Fulham, it was almost like a really um, lighthearted kind of, not a dig, but but a lighthearted statement of like, hey guys, we're worried about surviving and nothing else. That's what it came off to me, and I know he was just speaking on the FA Cup, but if you're going to speak on, on the FA Cup, it's probably the same same uh, situation for the Carabao. So I, I think it's it sucks, and I don't like it either, but I just don't think that silverware is anywhere near the priority. I think it's got to be Premier League football. It's got to be on getting this team up the table a little bit. You don't want some freaky, weird injury to happen, and then all of a sudden like you're scrambling around you know, and January's over. I, it, it would just have a recipe for disaster for me, and I just don't think it's going to be something that, that Dean Smith and the coaching t- staff is really, really that concerned with. What, what do you think about it? Do you think that he actually you know, tries to make a go of it to get to, get to Wembley? 
I think we'll see the same kind of side that played against Liverpool. Perhaps not as weak as it was in the FA Cup, but we will see, you know, Elmo, Chester, maybe Courtney Hawes, um, Taylor, Hurrahan, uh, Lansbury, th- those kind of players. Maybe Trezeguet over Hotter. Um, but it, it's 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 one of those things, isn't it? Like, you know, the, the, that team's got us this far, so you might as well let them stay there. You know, there's no point bringing Jack in. There's no point bringing Tyrone in, and so forth. Um, but let's 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 get on to what this podcast is all about. And that was the January transfer window. You know, I think we've been talking for nearly twenty minutes now about the FA Cup. But all that people care about right now, it's January. All that people care about right now is getting rid of that Christmas puppy fat and who's going to be signing or leaving Aston Villa. Um, you know, it's been open now for nearly a week. Um, Villa have been linked with a few interesting players, and it's 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 a massive window. You know, we've lost Wesley through injury. We've lost Heaton through through injury. They're both out for the season. John McGinn sidelined until the end of March. Um, so there's there's a whole whole host of players that have been linked, and probably the most interesting, albeit I guess slightly unrealistic, is uh, Michi Batshuayi from Chelsea on loan with an option to buy. Um, as of right now, it looks like uh, the batsman might be might might be after Crystal Palace on loan, but nothing is set quite in stone yet. Um, this season, Batshuayi scored five goals in all competitions, including another two goals for Belgium in the Euro qualifiers. Now he's he's the number one target for a lot of fans, but it, it doesn't seem like you know it, it's that likely. I guess. Yeah, I don't know if this one's even. I, I don't know if it's paper talk. I don't know if there's actually a realistic. Um, time that this happens, um, like again, we 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 talked that um just the whole transfer going on and you know these massive transfers and you get all these players that are linked and it almost turns into what like me and Regan like to call it silly season you're going to start seeing Villa getting linked with a bunch of players that you've never heard of or players that are completely out of the price range or they would never you know take the drop to come down to Villa so you know I, I definitely tell everybody around this time of the year to take everything with a pinch of salt maybe a little bit of a pinch of sugar but at the same point in time I think Bachelor would do a really really nice job for Villa I just don't know if he wants to take the drop down to be in a relegation squad. I don't I don't know if he's that kind of player where, you know, I guess in terms he's willing to pull his socks up and, and be labeled the guy for another team, especially in a loan capacity. Um, I can definitely see him going to Palace, but I can just as easily see him coming to like Villa or Newcastle or a team like that. But I mean, I, I think he's a tremendous talent. I think he has a, a lot of goal scoring ability. I just think he needs a chance. I just think he needs to play consecutive games over and over again, whether it be for Chelsea or whatever team that he gets transferred to. I, I think that once he, he gets those games, and he gets used to a certain system. I, I I really do believe that he'd be able to not single-handedly keep Villa up, but he would definitely be a, a supreme player in, in writing the story to keep Villa up in the Premier League. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Um, another, another player that we've been linked with is another um, Chelsea player, and that's Olivier Giroud. And he's he's a player that splits opinion a little bit. You know, the thirty he's thirty three years old. He could do a job on loan capacity, but you know, some people don't think he'd put his all in uh, at Aston Villa. Um, you know, Lampard in the past week has said that he's willing to let the player go if it's a move that satisfies both the player and both clubs. Um, but you know, he's he's generally been the first choice for for uh, Le Bleu, the 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 French national team. And uh, their manager, Didier Deschamps, basically said publicly that Giroud needs to move away from Chelsea, get a lot more game time, otherwise he's not going to get selected. Um, And recently, probably I think it was a couple of hours ago, the Telegraph reported that Giroud would fancy a move to Inter Milan rather than a scrap of a relegation fight. But, you know, the issue with that is that, you know, Inter Milan have got Lataro Martinez and Romelu Lukaku um, as two striking options. So what says that Giroud would get more game time at Inter? Than he would at you know Villa or Newcastle or whoever else he's been linked with. Um, what do you think about Giroud possibly coming to Villa? You know we'd have to pay a lot of money for his salary, but do you think he could be the striker? Well, a lot of places are reporting that he's the number one target, but do you think he could be you know that that man? I think he could be, and man, I I tweeted about it a couple of days ago. I I would be absolutely one hundred. 
percent shocked if he came to Villa. Um, I think Giroud is a talent still, even at his age. A lot of people, you know, they they think 33's over the hill for some reason. I don't think that's the case in, in this kind of player. Um, he gets into positions really, really well, uh, strong on the ball, all that kind of thing. Kind of like a, a very refined, experienced Wesley, um, or at least what we thought Wesley, you know, was going to end up turning out to. Uh, so for me, I think it's I think it's really unrealistic. But I would be absolutely elated if, if he came in. I. I it, it's it's so strange because you have the two theories of thought when it comes to this January for for Aston Villa. You have one on one hand people that want you know go find you know kind of the bargain. Look what we find with Super John McGinn. Go go look at the bargain that has a little bit of a t- potential to him that may not be getting looked at. And then you have the other ones that want all this crazy Premier League experience. But there's no middle ground. It, it's it's like almost the same the same people that said when we came up that we need to get Premier League experience. And now we're being linked with these players that have Premier League experience. Oh, no, they're too old. They're too over the hill. They, they don't have it anymore. So it's a very slippery slope, exactly what, what this Aston Villa fan base, at least on social media, want right now. Um, but I think Giroud would be a really, really nice addition. I think especially with the skill that we have in the side. I mean, can you imagine Jack Grealish feeding passes into Olivier Giroud? I, I just, that, that makes me smile just thinking about it. Um, again, I, it, it's probably the same thing with uh, Batshuayi. He, I don't think if Giroud comes here, he would be the guy that like would single-handedly just start banging in goals, 15 goals and, you know, a couple months to, to end out the season and, you know, everything's great and uh, you can look at him to be like, oh, he was the guy that kept us up. Thank you so much, Olivia. I don't think it'll be something like that, but I, I do believe that he would add a lot of attacking intent to this team just with the skill that would surround him in his position. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it is a confusing one. Um but like you mentioned beforehand, I, d- I don't know how likely he would be to to take that that drop down. You know, it would improve his prospects for for the the Euros. But um, you know, is is that worth pulling yourself into a relegation scrap? Yeah, and that's 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 another thing because that comes down to a person's character, and that comes down to is this player really willing to, I guess, come down the table to fight in a relegation scrap it's going to be tough it's not going to be easy like we we know that like we we've seen what what how it's going to be for Villa the story's not completely ended yet but you know now it's it's up to Dean Smith and the coaching staff and recruitment to bring in players that are going to keep this team in the league um Giroud's not a bad option <laughs> like I, it's it's probably the best option that we've been linked with in the striker position but it I, it's just you never you never know if he's going to have the character or the want to do that again it's it's hard for the, um for a lot of players that are on high wages on on top 6 to top 8 teams if they're not getting game time and i'm sure he's not happy about the fact that he's not playing but is he going to have that that kind of feeling in his gut of like hey i can i can go down to villa and i i can prove myself and maybe i can get out of chelsea in the upcoming summer and maybe i can go somewhere else and show that i can still do do this at 33 going on 34 years old and i can still score goals and i can still make an impact uh, because let's be honest, like that's what Villa need. They need an impact player. They need a player who's going to be, you know, all in. He's going to give a hundred percent, have heart. You know, you need to need to find a striker that knows where the goal is and isn't just, you know, getting pushed out on wide directions, and getting lost in in the shuffle of what's going on on the pitch. So I, I think Giroud would be a really nice option. I want it. I really, really do want it real bad. But I, I don't know, man. It's it's hard for me to imagine him wanting to come down for a relegation scrap. Yeah, I mean. I, I'd love it to happen, but I can't see it happening. Um, so we we've picked a couple of, of transfer picks, and a couple of the other players that we, we've uh, we've been linked with are part of Mark's transfer picks. So we're gonna we're gonna skip over those until we discuss the transfer picks that we've we, we've both picked, um, and move straight on to something that that came out today, and that was the thirty six year old Ford Glenn Murray of Brighton. Um, he's supposedly on Aston Villa's radar uh, this window. He's out of contract with Brighton at the end of the season. Um, he's played in three Premier League games this season. Um, he, you know, there's a couple of other teams that are supposedly keen on the player as well. Do, do you think you know necessarily Villa need a younger option, or you know, if we're bringing in two forwards, Murray's a decent option, especially from the bench. I will be completely honest to everyone that's listening. I do not know a lot about Glenn Murray. I didn't pretend to. I probably took about an hour and a half this morning to look up his stats, how he scores goals, his movement on the pitch, heat maps, things of that nature. So, um, like, I, 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 I 
probably I can't remember a time where I've watched a game that were playing Brighton Hove and I remember the name Glenn Murray. Um, not flashy, not a flashy player whatsoever. A little bit old school, old world, get the ball at my feet, I'm going to have a go. Um, I don't know if that's something that Villa looks for. Again, like, it's he's, he's 36, but, like, I think the whole transfer thing of we can only sign, you know, 22 to 26-year-olds, I think that is over, uh, at least right now with the injury crisis. I don't think he'd be a bad option. I, I Again, I think a lot of the other skill would complement him greatly, and I, I think he'd be able to bang in some goals. I think if we do bring in Glenn Murray, you also have to bring in a second striker. I think that Glenn Murray would be a nice, like, a, a squad kind of rotation, come off the bench kind of striker, but I don't think that it would be like this big, aggrandized um, striker that a lot of Villa fans think that they're going to just magically get. Uh, we still don't know how much money Villa is going to spend. We don't know if there is money to spend. So it, it, a lot of intangibles, a lot of things that we just don't know. But as far as Murray goes, from what I've seen, from what I've looked up, the statistics, all the things I've seen, I don't think it would be a bad option. Again, you said that he's you know he's out of contract at the Amex here coming up in the summer, so he's going to be he's going to be wanting to go somewhere. If he's not going to get time at Brighton, he's going to want to go somewhere, show what he can do to try try and get a contract somewhere else. So uh, if the if the terms are right and you can, you can get him in the door, and he he just wants to start a certain amount of games or just wants to be involved a little bit more than he is in Brighton. I don't see how that hurts Aston Villa, but again, you're not getting a flashy forward. You're not getting somebody that, that's the opposite of Wesley. You know, you're, you're getting somebody who just put the ball at my feet. I'm going to try to, you know, make us move, try to use a little bit of strength and pop it in the back of the net. Yeah. Um, and yeah, with, with six days, um, until we play, I think it's Man City, isn't it? On Sunday. Um, you know, D- Dean Smith, uh, at the start of the month, said that he wanted to get at least one forward in, or one signing in, uh, before the twelfth. And you know, there's six days left um, for that to happen. So the, something may happen this week. Just keep your eyes peeled. Um, probably the final one before we move on to our personal picks uh, that we've been linked with is Joe Hart, who I, I read actually this morning that Villa have, have cooled their interest in Hart. Um, but he's been a name that's been circulated to replace the injured Tom Heaton. Uh, do you think Villa necessarily need to bring in a new keeper, Mark? I think they do, but I think it's going to have to be a loan. I, I don't want them throwing crazy money. We still don't know what's going on with Yavri, or with uh, Kalinic. I, I don't know if, if he's actually going to go now because of the injury to Tom Heaton. Um Obviously, we recalled uh, Sarkic as well, and Sarkic has been playing absolutely great for Livingston. Again, it's a, it's a different league. It's not the Premier League. I don't expect Sarkic to give Nylon a run for his money if that's what they're sticking with. But I, I do think they need one more keeper in just just to have have someone hanging around the club. Try to find someone who's got a stockpile of keepers that you know maybe one of them's a little bit older, is not getting a lot of game time. Um, that's that, those are things you're going to need. I, I I think a lot of people are looking at wingers and midfielders and strikers, and they're forgetting about the fact that we do need to solidify the goalkeeper position a little bit especially I mean Jed Steer's still recovering from his injury um me and you have talked about it a million times. We love Jed. We wish him nothing but the best. We hope he comes back. But I don't know if Jed Steer comes back and he gets himself fit enough to try and take the goalkeeping position back squarely on his shoulders from Nylon. I think Nylon, he, he is well-liked with, with the goalkeeping staff at Villa. Um, he's well-liked in the room. People say that he's, he's a consummate professional. All the niceties that you can say about a, a footballer, we've heard that about Jed Steer and Oren Nylon. So I, I don't know. I don't. Do you think they need to bring in a keeper? I mean, I, I know I kind of like dodged the thing about Joe Hart. I just don't think that's realistic. I, why would why would Villa go after Joe Hart? I think I think that's just all paper talk BS. To be honest, yeah, I think it's paper talk as well, personally. But I don't think we need a new keeper. Otherwise, why would we have recalled Matias Sarkic? Um, you know, we've got Neiland, we've got Sarkic, we've got Kalinic, who may or may not be leaving. Um, and and Jed Steers back probably around February time. You know, the, the early March. I, We've been stockpiling keepers now for for a good couple of years. I don't think we need any more. Um, for me, that's the be all and end all. Yeah, I'm, and some people are crying out for one, and I, I'm not. I'm not of that opinion. I, I don't think we absolutely need one. Um, I think Nylon has showed to me that he has an athletic ability. The only thing, the only knock I have on his game is I get that little feeling in, in like my stomach whenever he gets a, a ball passed back to him. It seems like he has a little bit of problems with distribution or, or being a little uh, like flat, fast on his feet with getting that ball up the field or out, out to one of the fullbacks. That's the only knock I have on him. But then again, we haven't seen a crazy, crazy amount of, uh, of him. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he wants to succeed. And you've heard, you know, 
different members of the coaching staff say really, really positive things about him. So maybe this is just his shot. This is his time to see what he can do. But I don't think Villa need to splash any cash and go after a keeper. If they're going to get a keeper in for one reason or another, they're just not happy with you know the depth or Kalinic goes. I only want it in a loan capacity. Don't don't throw millions and millions of dollars at some keeper who you're basically just trying to put a Band-Aid on a problem. I, I'd, I'd much rather see Nyland get the Premier League games, get the Premier League experience. I mean, he's, he's capped internationally a crazy, crazy, I think it's like 40 times or something like that. So we, we know that he's, he's a trusted goalkeeper. It's just now he, he has to get comfortable with being, you know, the number one option at Aston Villa. Yeah, I mean... Sorry, I've just seen on Twitter that uh, if we'd have beaten Fulham, we'd have drawn Man City in the in the fourth round of the FA Cup. So maybe we did dodge a bullet there. Yeah, um, yeah, it sounds like it. Well, let's let's move on to to our personal transfer picks. Um, if you we picked one for one one striker as a replacement for Wesley, um, and one midfielder as a replacement for uh, John McGinn. Uh, and then the third one we kind of left up to to what whichever person wanted. You know, there was the option for a goalkeeper. There was an option for for not choosing a goalkeeper and going for something else. So who did you pick, Mark? Uh, for the forward, I picked Jared Bowen from Hall City. And I know people are going to be like, "Oh, where are we getting that money from?" Find it. Find a way to get that twenty mil plus maybe even future add-ons to get him. He's proven goal scorer. I mean, he's he's got I think it's eighteen goals this season in all comps, something like that. I had it I had it right next to me. The notes have disappeared. They it's have flown 18. away. Yeah, it's eighteen. Yeah, so just crazy, crazy amount of goals. I mean, it's Hall City. They're sitting in ninth. It's a really congested championship table right now. Um, you know, three points determines whether you're at the top of the table or pretty much in the middle of the pack. We've seen that. We know how it goes in the championship. I want Jared Bowen at the Villa. I think it'll work out. I think his attitude and his work rate are immense. I think he's a little bit, well, not a little, I think he's a lot a bit different from what Wesley offered. So if you get a player in there that's a little bit different, now you get, you know, skill players in the positions. I, I, I just think with, with, the way that some of our wingers cross the ball to find Jared Bowen, I think it would be absolutely immense. I think that he would be the kind of player that he would just not terrify defenses, but he would have defenses looking a, a lot more of, of hey, we got to make sure we have we have this guy in check. So it's it's just a matter of the amount of goals he scored. I mean, hell, he's been linked with Villa, I think, every year for the past three seasons now, uh, uh, you know, in one way or another. So I like again, the the rumor going out there, it's it's twenty million dollars. And if it's a come and get me, you find twenty mil. I don't, you know, minus having to sell off obviously our key players. But I mean, if there if there's twenty mil somewhere around the kitty that we're not gonna, you know, have a problem with FFP going in the future, and you even got to put like future add-ons, which I've said in the podcast before, I'm not a fan of. That's how I, I believe that was one of the things that got us relegated. But on this kind of player with the situation we're in right now, find twenty mil, get him to the villa, start him, let's go, stay up. I don't think it's quite that simple, but it's not. You know. It's not. But I'm being optimistic. I'm being. I'm being optimistic, and that's that's just that's, just the, that's how I feel about it. <laughs> but yeah, Jared Bowen's a decent a decent option for a forward. Um, see, I I picked a forward personally, and I wasn't too impressed with my choice. Um, so I've I've gone ahead and, and and removed myself from picking a forward, and instead of picked two midfielders um, as options for McGinn, um, but. Let's let's move on to your midfielder, Mark. Who have you picked there? Uh, th- this might be a little surprising. Uh, it's just, it's it's literally just for the Premier League experience, and it's it's not it's not meant to. This player is not meant to be a replacement for John again. I just think that he can offer something, especially if Dean Smith continues to play that five at the back system that we saw in the past week. Uh, Danny Drinkwater, you know, he terminated his loan at Burnley. He wasn't getting any time. Uh, Sean Dyche had incredible things to say about Danny Drinkwater. His professionalism, his training was top notch. Um, he had that little nightclub issue, uh, and then it took him a little bit longer to recover from that. But, you know, I think that with him being recalled from Chelsea or, you know, the loan getting cancelled, however it went, I think that he could not... I, I, I don't want to say he's going to come to the Villa and do great. You know, I'm not I'm not that kind of optimistic Aston Villa fan. But I think he can come in and he can be called upon. I, I think that he could be an option that, that kind of rounds out and solidifies that midfield a little bit more. And, and again, in the event that we continue to play that five at the back, what, mid, uh, what midfielders did you pick? So one of them would likely cost mm, not too much. It'd probably be a loan, and the other one would probably cost a fair amount. 
So I'll go with the, the, the costly one first, and that's Joe Allen from Stoke City. You know, he's got that Premier League experience. Um, he's he's well-versed in, in the Premier League and the Championship. Um, so I think he's he's a decent option. You know, he's, he's 29. Um, he's, he's been playing a lot of football with Stoke, but he's, he's, he's one of those players that does have a goal in him. Um, he's got a bit of a nasty streak at times. Uh, I, I, I do think he'd fit in well at Villa. Um, and you know, as you said, he, he he gets those kind of compliments. You know, like he's the consummate professional and stuff like that. Um, the other option is uh, Tottenham's Victor Wanyama, who has struggled with fitness, but he's not been getting much game time. Uh, you know, with with a lot of game time under his belt, um, I, I think I think Wanyama could do well, and I think he could link up well. With like you know a, a midfield trio of of Hurahan, Wanyama and Nakamba or um, Wanyama Douglas Louise and someone else etc etc I think it could work well and it'd be a loan so we'd just be paying his wages um, I don't know what wages he's on it's probably a decent amount being a Spurs player but it could provide a decent option um, for 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 not a massive outlay. Um, I'm not entirely sure how old he is. I'll do a quick Google while I continue to speak. Um, he is 28, so he's a year younger than um, he's a year younger than than Joe Allen. But something I've noticed is um, West Ham get linked to an awful lot of players every window, um, and I, I feel like sometimes. Um, West Ham are mentioned where 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 it should be Villa like that like people are getting their claret and blues mixed up, um and there was a couple of times where like I, I'm pretty sure um you know during the summer it said West Ham were interested in this player and then you know a couple of days later John Percy would say Villa have made contact about this player so maybe there's wires being being crossed but yeah Joe Allen or Victor Wanyama I think would be would be great options and obviously one's more costly than the other. Man, I think you're going to catch a little bit of shit for that Joe Allen call, but I like it. Me and you've talked about it. I I do think that Joe Allen would would do a, a nice job at the Villa again. I like the fact and like you you said it yourself. He's got a little bit of a nasty streak to him. I do think we we talked about that in the last couple of podcasts that you know this this Villa team that you have right now might be a little too nice, a little too soft. I, I need to see a little bit of dirt out there on that pitch, and you know um, I don't I don't know if if they're going to look for that, but that's just me. I I, I think that they need that kind of attitude, that kind of you know none shall pass attitude. So I I, th- I think Wanyama and Allen would be great additions. I, again with Wanyama, like he has fitness issues, like you said. But you know if we can get him on a loan and it's not a crazy crazy amount of a wage, I'm I'm all for that because I do think he's a talented player. Yeah, I mean we've not seen a lot of him recently, and you know that's because of of fitness issues. And he's a bit of an outcast at, at Spurs now. But um, you know I think I think he could do a job. Who's your Who's your final pick? So I went for a goalkeeper, and actually this stems from a Twitter conversation I had with one of my followers, uh, Brendan O'Dell, on Twitter. Um, I had a tweet, and he we were talking about... Uh you know, goalkeepers or, you know, what Villa need to bring in. And he, he reminded me of the keeper that uh, Manchester City bought, Zach Steffen. Uh, they pretty much bought him and then sent him off to loan to uh, uh, Dusseldorf. Um, he's a young goalkeeper. I Again, this is all determinant if Kalinch is going to go or not. So right now, Steffen's playing in the back line of, of Fortuna Dusseldorf, and they, they do not have a good defense whatsoever. So he is shipping goals. If anyone looks it up, it doesn't look great. But you look at some of the athletic ability on the young lad, and you look at what he can actually do between the sticks when, when given one-on-one opportunities. I think it would be something that Villa needs to look at. I know that Man City bought him as kind of one of these players that you, you just – keep around and we know that city likes to loan players out and things like that but i i think if he were, were to get recalled for one reason th- it, it's a little bit of an unrealistic one because i think that they, they are planning to have steph in there for a long period of time but in the event that we all of a sudden need a goalkeeper i would really like villa to take a look at this kid he's really really athletic he, he can he's a shot stopper man he's just old school it doesn't it, it almost looks like he, he doesn't really put like a lot of effort into making really really nice saves it just seems like it comes that second nature to him uh Dusseldorf's probably going to go down this season in their league so it, give it a little bit of time and maybe I'm not saying we'd buy him outright but if if one thing led to another and he was available on a loan capacity I think Zach Steffen would be a nice addition to this Aston Villa squad 
Okay. Um, my final choice. I, I did say that I wasn't really impressed with the, the, the forwards that I could think of. You know, I, I had the mentions of like Andre Gray from Watford, but I don't think he'd come because Watford would be unlikely to, to, to send a, a forward to a relegation candidate, a fellow relegation candidate. But this player, I guess, could be classed as a forward. And it's, it's something that... Um, I guess quite a few people have forgotten about a couple of weeks before the the January transfer window we were linked with uh, giving Pedro from Chelsea a a a, a move away from from a uh, from Stamford Bridge because he's not really getting his game time you know he's I think he's 32 um but I remember Greg Evans said uh probably around that time actually no it was about a week or two ago that uh, Dean Smith hadn't been Happy with the the impact of Trezeguet and El Ghazi, and Pedro is uh, is a World Cup winner. He's a World Cup winning winger. He's he's also most like the Giroud option of the wing. And I think you know if we can loan him with a potential option to buy or or whatever, then he would be a good good option for that kind of attacking third of the pitch. But then obviously that would remove any chances of getting Drinkwater, Giroud, or Batshuayi on loan. Yeah, I I think the Pedro uh the links kind of fell by the wayside for, you know, other reasons when it comes to Aston Villa fans looking at who he might bring in. I think it could work. And and like I I don't know. For, like you said, World Cup winner, bags of experience, maybe that's what we need. We just need someone with a little bit of experience to get these these guys playing in a in a better light, a more consistent light, a little bit of the the leadership qualities and maybe a little bit of, you know, putting your foot up the backside of somebody every once in a while. Now, I'm not asking for the second coming of Roy Keane at Villa Park. Don't get me wrong here. I don't I don't want someone who who's who's in that kind of light, but just someone to have a little bit of team spirit and know what it takes to have have some success. Um that usually comes with a price tag. So if we could get Pedro for reduced terms or even a loan to where we're paying a percentage of his wage and not all of his wage, I think it would be a positive for the team. But then again, there's just so many names being being brought around. I mean, you're talking about like half of these players we're talking about is from Chelsea. You know, you would think that the influence of John Terry and then a certain Tammy Abraham might be able to go to a player and be like, hey, listen, you go down there and you work hard. These fans will love you. They will get right behind you. They, they will care about you and, and they'll, 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 they'll find a way to cheer your name. Um, maybe, you know, we need that from, from Terry and, and Tammy. I mean, Tammy still, you know, he, he, anytime Aston Villa is brought up in an interview and Tammy Abraham, you know, has been on the other side of the camera, he's always had a smile on his face. He's always said nothing but positive things about it. So I don't see a reason why he wouldn't tell maybe even, even Giroud, if he, if he go to Olivier Giroud and be like, Hey, listen, like, you know, I, I was in that position. You can go down there. And if you're trying to revitalize your career, find a contract somewhere else or a move somewhere else. Aston Villa might be the place to do it. And um, I, I just hope maybe, you know, we get a little influence to pull maybe one. I, I don't think we'll get all of them, obviously, but if we can pull one of the Chelsea players we're linked with, I don't think any of them comes with really anything negative other than maybe the, the work rate of Batshuayi. But that's the that's the only thing I can tell. Yeah, I mean, we, 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 we spoke about potential forwards. Um, well, sorry, I wrote an article about potential forwards the other day, and it was it was uh, on the third, I think. We'd been linked with three strikers, and it was uh, Batshuayi, uh, Sturridge, and Josh Meyer. Josh Meyer links seem to have gone cold. Uh, the Sturridge ones don't seem to be going away, but uh, you know, I, I brought up that he he um, I think he's averaged like just over fifty minutes a game for Trabzonspor. Um, so I don't really think he's an option. You know, we would need someone to be to be playing the full ninety. But that that's the thing. You know, I think a lot of these links are just easy links. You know, a lot of the Chelsea players being linked are because of the Terry influence, um, storage because he was uh, in our youth team between the ages of like seven and eleven. Um, you know, there's a lot of easy links, and I'm pretty sure Dean Smith said he would be surprised if. Um, any anyone knew who they were after this 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 window um so i think we'll all be we'll all be in for a surprise yeah i think that's why i mean you refer to this as silly season sometimes because you're going to see a lot of names linked to to villa or and, and then there's always like if, if you really look behind the you know you pull back the first or second layer like that's why that player's linked because he happens to know somebody that knows somebody that played for villa or all these kind of weird things so i i, I do think it's a case that you're going to see a lot 
and I mean a lot of players linked with Aston Villa. Again, I mean, as we record this, it's only January the 6th. So, I mean, we only, we only have, realistically have five to six days into the transfer. This is going to get a lot crazier, I think, than people think, especially when you start getting um, journalists and different types of writers to get really desperate to either get clicks or, you know, try to get their name out there a little bit. Then you have the, the infamous Twitter pages who think that they're in the nose and they, they know exactly what Dean's going to do. But I think all those cards are really close to the vest. I, I think that you're going I think you at least get one signing where people are going to be like, who the hell is this guy? You know, it's, it's, it's going to happen. It's just going to be like, who is this? What did he do? What league did he play in? They're going to have no idea about it. But I think that all comes down to our recruitment. I think that comes down to Suso. So, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping for the best. We have to do something. This, this is the biggest January window that Villa's had in quite some time. So they're going to have to bring some players in here that, that, that want to play for this club and want to keep this club up in the Premier League. Like, that should be a part of the interview process, you know, right out the gate is just, hey, Listen, big club, massive fan base, work hard, they'll love you. If you don't, they'll slag you. And if, if you can't handle that, go somewhere else. Absolutely. And I think, you know, um, I, I still think that we need to sign Sean Voisman um, from Wolfsburg. And if, if we do, if he's that random player that everyone's like, who the hell is this? Um, then I expect a scouting fee from, from Villa. I tell you what, we we signed Sean Weissman. I'm telling you, I'm when I come over there in April, I'm gonna get you so drunk. If we if we get Sean Weissman and he ends up keeping us up with a bunch of goals, man, you you have no idea what you're in for. You're gonna be hurting so bad the day after. You're gonna be so hungover. It's gonna be such a beautiful, beautiful day. <laughs> it is unlikely, but I would like to see Sean Weissman at Villa Park. Um, and I think that's probably the best place to end this week's podcast. Um, but before we do that. There is a little announcement. Um, whether you manage to bag Volume 1 of our magazine or not, Volume 2 is now available to buy from our website. Um, if you just go to www.underagaslitlamp.com forward slash, uh, I think it's just store, but if not, you'll be able to find it on, on the homepage. Um, and you can buy it, uh, well, you can pre-order it, uh, for four pounds and fifty pence, and fifty pence of that four pound fifty will be going to Project B Six to help them with their uh, future flags and motifs and and so forth. Um, so you know you, you're helping us by buying our magazine. Um, you're helping Project B Six, and hopefully we're helping you um, get through get through a pretty boring summer. Um, you know, obviously it's fun with all the transfer links, but you know, you, you need a bit of content to read, uh, a bit of written content, a bit of physical content. You know, you, you you can't you can't really say no to a bit of physical content, can you? Um, <laughs> but as always, if you've enjoyed the podcast, please give us a subscription, a like, a rating, a comment on whatever platform you're listening on. Um, we would appreciate your thoughts on the likes of iTunes. Um, we think we've got seven reviews as it is, but they're all five star. So hopefully the next one will also be five star. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Villa Lamp, on Facebook forward slash under a gaslit lamp, and on Instagram at under a gaslit lamp. Um, thanks for listening, guys, and up the villa.